Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. As usual, life could be a little bit miserable and a little bit dark, so this time we're both here, unlike last week where you had a bit of peace, to bring you a little bit of light and I'm sure plenty of joy. Twice as much joy as last week because there's two of us. Once again, I'm Bradley, or I'm back again as Bradley, but the always consistent, ever-present Stu is here as usual. How you doing, Stu? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Le- have to learn how to uh, be part of a unit, be part of a team again now, yeah. Your, ear- you, you, like, your ears must have been like, what's going yeah. on? This is all fine. Oh, I, I had no idea what was going on. And neither did the audience, to be fair to them. No, it was a coherent podcast that, you know, wasn't just full of blabbering from one person somehow. There's probably probably less single person blabbering with just you doing it than when we both do it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe it was just blabbering, but in a different voice. Oh, that's a possibility. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, it was weird last week. I had so much, just so much going on and it just all caught up with me. I just couldn't find time to sit down um, on the days we could record because we're not professionals, Stu. We're not professionals. Really? Um, no, 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 we're really not. not. No. Do you know what else is a professional? What? What's that? A AAA game studio. True <laughs> <laughs> <Stray> story. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're very like. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah, that's a great way to start a podcast, isn't it? On a doubt. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily. There are some great AAA games out there. Well, uh, you know, whatever. There's some great big games out there nowadays because some studios are really good. Larian are good and From seem pretty decent. Um, and they seem to just, you know, just do their stuff. Um, it takes as long as it takes. So good on those those studios. Um, but I've been playing a lot of games, Stu. Um and I've kind of couldn't get money of them in last week because I wasn't here. That's um, right. As we've already clarified, I wasn't here. Um, but I've got a lot to talk about. You've got a couple of talks about. So I'm going to hand to you to ask the age-old question. So, Brad, what have you been playing? Right, first of all, I've been on a nice little trip to France on my bike. Oh, yes. Uh, and I've been racing for... a. Team Sky? I don't know. One of the teams in the Tour de France. I've been playing Tour de France 23. That's a really bad segue and link into the game. Um, yeah, I've been playing Tour de France 23. Um, 2023, rather. And it's one of those series that I like, and I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't like cycling. I, I, it's just, yeah, I just don't like it as a, as a thing. Get to A to B. It's like, yeah, but when you got to go up an hill... You get sweaty and horrible, and oh, I know a car's bad for the environment, but you don't get sweaty and horrible going up an hill. Um, yep. And yeah, I, I don't like cycling. And like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, apologies if you are a cyclist. Quite a lot of cyclists are assholes. <laughs> and Jeremy Vine's a cyclist. I just want to point that out. Jeremy Vine is a cyclist. If you're a cyclist, you're pretty much Jeremy Vine to me. Okay. Just yeah, that there. tracks. But. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but Tour de France, like, I've always been like, oh, what's Tour de France? And like, oh, yeah, the cyclist, that's going on now again. And I went to see it when it went through Chelps for a few years back because it's one of those events that, you know, you've got to go and do if it's local to you. 
So we went and done it, got a couple of key wins that were thrown out and stuff like that for Lucas. That's the knowledge of the Tour de France for me, essentially. But I like the games, and I don't know why. I don't know what I'm doing in the games. Uh, but essentially what it is, it's like a... The best way I can describe the Tour de France games are they like, they're like football manager, but told from a more like uh, you're actual part of the team... These, you're not actually just a single cyclist and you're like racing the race. You manage the team of cyclists and you can take over certain cyclists, give them instructions, tell them that as a group they need to go faster or this one needs to get to here so they can do a hill climb or, or this one could now got to do this sprint bit of the race and stuff like that. Uh, you have to manage their pace, you know, their nutrition, etc., etc., their team orders. Uh, and you do it in real time across the entire Tour de France. You can speed it up and do things like that. Um, and I dare say if you really, really like cycling and the Tour de France, it's like everything you absolutely, you probably know about the sport and love about the sport or what have you. I, I still don't know what I'm doing in it, but I just find it, it's one of those games I put on and find it really relaxing for some reason. And yeah, I've just been playing this one on because I've not actually played one since like Tour de France 17, um, the Xbox One possibly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I played it on, on the Steam Deck. And do you know what? It's all right. Um, I still don't like cycling. And I don't want to do, get into cycling, but yeah, it's fine. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> I like it. It's bizarre. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't know what else to say about it. I just, it's a, it's a really good management game. And I don't know why I picked it up to review because it's, I'm probably not the best person to review it to go, oh, they've added these new things that make it really, really good. And, oh, it's got all these new stages and this looks, I don't know. Um, he's like he said it's not like got things like new medium mountain and agility rating added as one of their features. I don't know what that means. Um, it's got a challenges mode, which I suppose is really good. Um, so like you could sort of like pick up at any point in a race um, and do that. So like a scenario mode, which I actually I really like. That's actually a really good idea for someone like me that you could just kind of jump in. Um, and you know you get like they've added like bibs for certain teams and stuff like that. So I'm sure that's good. It's like, I'd, I'd probably understand it in football terms, like for football manager or something, or an ice hockey manager. I don't know what I'm doing with this, but bikes ride around France and it looks pretty in the countryside. And yeah, it's fine. Um, and to give an idea, it gets like a very positive review, overall reviews on um, on Steam. So... I dare say the people who do actually know what they're talking about like it too. But yeah, it's hmm. the Tour de France. Interesting. Don't ask me any questions about it. I'm not going to, but I, I'm going <laughs> to, I'll drop some knowledge. It's not really knowledge. It's it's dropping some Googling. Um, uh, so I just had a quick look on Metacritic for its scores. And it's only got four reviews and two of them are kind of like mediocre and two of them are kind of, yay, it's good. But there's only four. So it's kind of like, yeah, there's only four reviews. So it's not a lot to go off of. And I suppose positive on Steam, with it only having been released quite recently, was it? Uh, 8th of June, I'm a bit behind. Right. So, yeah, you would expect that it was picked up by people who like the game anyway. And there's maybe a bit of, you know, bias towards the game. But it doesn't, no matter where you get your 
your info from. It doesn't sound like it's, you know, something that will set the world on fire, even if it is, like, the greatest example of a Tour de France game. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I know what I said. I don't know why I like the series. I, 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 I'm not going to be picking it up every year. It's just every few years. Do you know, like, um, Jeepers Creepers? Yes. The film, yeah. and then, like, every few years it comes and feeds. I'm like that with the Tour de France game. Every few years I come back and I've got to have a, a bit of a feed of French cyclists. Yep. <laughs> I understand that. You've got to feed on They put French, that on the French box. Cyclists. Tour de France 2023. It's like Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Yeah. I think that should be on the box, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Do they have things like boxes um, anymore? I suppose they do for some. I don't know. Uh, well, on their accolades trailers yes. then. Yeah. Uh, there's only four others. Then there you go. There, there's your quote. Tour de France 2023. It's a bit like Jeepers Creepers. There we go. Done. Ah, oh dear. Covered. Yeah. Um, so before I let you get to one of yours, um, yeah. another one I played that I'm very behind on. Uh, there's a theme to these games coming up. Um, is a game called Backpack Hero, uh, which is a, an indie game I picked up three months ago, I think. Um, I don't know why I've got very high pitch there. Uh, maybe because it stars like you're a mouse, and I'm being very mouse-like. But anyway, that might be a... it. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Could we'll just do be. the entire podcast yeah, let's like this. Carry yeah, on no, let's not. Let's... Yeah, no, let's not. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, basically it's a roguelike, but it's an inventory management roguelike with deck building elements. And basically, you play this mouse who has a backpack, hence the name Backpack Hero. And in that backpack, you can put all your various weapons, power-ups, armour, potions, etc, etc. Um, and then you come up against enemies as you're walking on, and you use your various inventory items to, to battle those enemies. Um, and then when you beat an enemy, they have their drops, and you get other inventory items that you can put in your backpack. And you can upgrade your backpack as you go. So you start off with a really small backpack... And you can only keep a certain amount of items in there, but you progress and you can upgrade your backpack to have, instead of like four or five slots, you can have like like 12 slots or something. And if you've played your Resident Evils and things like that, it's done in that way where, you know, you might have a bow um, that's like three slots vertically. You might have armour that sees like four slots, but in a square, that kind of thing. And you've got to fit it all in. In, in, in that uh, Resident Evil style way, and I really love that kind of like inventory management. I, f I still think it's one of the best, the most unique ways of managing your inventory if you're gonna have that as a system. And this has that, and like how you put things in has an effect. So you put like a certain weapon next to a certain other weapon, and you get like damage buffs and bonuses based on a bin next to each other in your inventory. Um, and same with like shields and armor and bits of fruit, which allow you to get, gain HP and get other little bonuses. And yeah, you move along, you die, you improve, you move along, you die. It's a roguelike in every shape, you know, every way possible. And it's just, yeah, it's really, really enjoyable. It's one of those, still in early access, by the way. Uh, but it's one of those I kind of every now and again, maybe once every couple of weeks pick up, have a couple of runs, pop it back, and then leave it for a few more weeks and go back in. It's one of those nice to pick up and play once in a while games. Um, uh, yeah, really, really good example of taking a genre that's not tired now, but, you know, you're seeing a lot of the same and doing something a bit different with it. 
Um, and it just makes it stand out in all the right ways. Yeah, really, really cool little game. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm quite, yeah, quite interested in that. I might check it out, to be honest. Oh, I, I, I would. I, I say I've got enjoyment from it. I say, because it's early access, I try not to play. I don't want to go like, oh, I've completed it. Or I've got to the point where I'm done with it because I want it, when it comes out of early access, I want to play it in its, how it's meant to be played. Uh, but yeah, it's a great one. That, you know, when a game is done in such a way that you can pick it up every now and again, that, that shows it's got a good... Um, a good uh, gameplay style to it. You know, it's not overly difficult. You can't, you don't have to relearn it every single time you pick it up, which, you know, you play something like Darkest Dungeon, which is brilliant, but you've almost got to relearn that game and all the mechanics that are part of it every time you pick it up. Right. If you leave it for a couple of weeks, this, that, if you, if you know what Resident Evil is, you know that side of it. Um, if you know what any kind of like battler is, you know, turn-based strategy type, uh, turn-based tactics type thing, you've got that in spades, you know that, and it's just mixing them all together. And yeah, it's just a really nice, cute, fun, interesting game. Uh, yeah, good. I like it. Nice. Nice. It's on the list. Yeah. Talking of on the list, what have you got? What have I got? <laughs> you have to speak to my doctor about that. Uh, well, in terms of the games, I've um, I've actually really just been playing roguelikes, which is bizarre. What? Uh, I know, yeah. It, it just happened. It just happened. Badly. I leave you for a week. What's happened? I know. Happened? I'm in so much trouble now, <laughs> aren't I? It's, <laughs> it's bizarre. But I'm not here to talk about them. Well, at least not until my next game, because <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> gonna talk about a game that we play that I played weeks ago. And have been embargoed up until this time. Um, makes you feel special, don't yeah, it? When you've been embargoed. Oh God, yeah, it makes me feel like one of the, you know, one of the special people, one of the heroes, <laughs> one of the backpack heroes. And yeah, so I've been, I, was, I have not been playing, but a few weeks ago I've been playing uh, Toa Plan Arcade Shoot 'Em Up Collection Volume Two, which is a bit of a mouthful. Um, but yeah, it's four shooters, classic in inverted commas shooters. Um, from the golden era of shoot 'em ups, if you want to call it that. I don't know if people call it that. I'm just making these things up. But uh, yeah, it's got four games in it Fire Shark, Flying Shark, Hellfire, which a lot of people have probably heard of, uh, and Slap Fight. And three of them are vertical and one of them's horizontal. And yeah, I mean, if, if you know if you know anything about shooters, you know them. If you don't know anything about shooters, you won't be interested in them. They are for the fans. Um, so what they are. They're conversions by a third-party company developer called uh, Bitwave, and they they're kind of you know one of these hero companies who steps up and you know does quality of life improvements and re- on really really old retro games and, and then publishes mm. them. And yeah, so what they've done is yeah, and the games themselves the f- they're fine, they vary in quality. I'd say Hellfire is the best. Uh, slap fight's the very worst. I didn't even like that back in the day. I think it's just rubbish. But um, it, not really worth talking about the gameplay because if you're interested, it'll be because you've played them before and you've played them on emulator. Yeah. And you can just play them on emulator if you want. But it adds a load of that stuff that you'd expect and want from you know paying for a release like this. So it's got uh, CRT filters. It's got zoom options. It's got cabinet artwork you can have, kind of all that stuff you'd expect. It's got rotation modes you know the tarte mode so you can put your your 
console in the right or your, your screen in the right kind of orientation for it. It's got replay. It's got slowdown. It's got fast forward. It's got save states. It's basically got everything that you could possibly want. It kind of makes the game, you know, three or four times more accessible than it would be. It adds difficulty modes so you can make it super easy or super hard but without making it too unbalanced. So, yeah, it's like okay, so you you it's it's kind of an old old-fashioned thing you're being given, very very old-fashioned, but the packaging is absolutely beautiful. And if you want if you're in the market for this kind of thing, it's it's a really good a really good choice, yeah. So if you want them, if if it floats your boat, then it's a good good package to go for. Yeah, it looks like it's almost a case of what buy three and get one of them for free anyway. The way the package seems to work, because you can buy them all individually. Um, yeah. So I think that's a I like I like these sort of collections that do that. That you can get three of them, but for slightly less than the cost of three, you could add another one in there. So you said that even though Slap Fight, I think you said, isn't that good, or you, not to you, it wasn't that good. Um, at least you know it's not costing you anything and to actually get the other three you might as well get that one and save yourself a quid or two as well so yeah. uh, and i like this in terms of game pres- preservation as well because it's all great when i think we go ah oh, you know we've got to remember to preserve the marios or whatever in this world but uh, this these niche titles whether you like them or not like, like i mean the royal you not not you, you, Stu. I mean, it should all depend. Actually, you should curate the world, Stu, in all fairness. Um, <laughs> too busy. Based on what you no, like. I'm just too busy. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it doesn't have to be a good game or the best game to be preserved. I think we need to preserve the poor games as well. I'm not on about asset flip games, but if a game's been made and it's just not very good, it's still got to be preserved because someone out there likes it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it needs to be there. And the fact that it's there, I think, is really good. And it looks like a really cool bundle. I've got a bit that. Yeah, it is. And I think that it's got that thing where there are so many quality of life improvements that you can you can almost kind of turn them into the games you think they should be. You, as you would if you were an arcade operator and you change the dip switches, you know, you change the difficulty, change the number of credits, that sort of a thing. It's, it's very important because they are inaccessibly difficult um games you know because they were just designed to take all your money off you as quickly as they could and the fact that they do that but they're not i mean they're fine you know they're okay in terms of being games but they're not you know there's so many that are better than them i mean for example fire shark and flying shark are superficially at least similar to you know capcom's 1942 which is an an excellent game but they are which is why everyone yes indeed but they are far inferior to that series um so that's like your standard you know they're not as good as that and those games have been superseded but if you start applying some of the things like you know you can you can rewind off one of the you know annoying irritating deaths when you were doing really well that was completely unfair you know you, you shave that edge off of it and you you drop the difficulty down a little bit but keep it you know keep it so that you can still get a bit of a buzz out of it you can really shape it and make it a lot better so i mean all i can do really is highly applaud the the bitwave people for for making it yeah making it a really good reissue type thing 
And I think the one thing I want to add to this, just one little thing with it, is as great as Mamie's uh, emulation and stuff like that, you've got to know what you're doing to a degree to set it up. So, I mean, I could play all these for quote-unquote free because I've got them via Mame or something like that. I definitely yeah. have got them via Mame. I've got a complete ROM set. Um, I mean, I legally bought them all. Um, and I've got all the arcade machines in my flat. Um, yeah. That's what I mean. Um, but yeah, you've got to know what you're doing. You can add all the flair to it, such as like the uh, you can like the fact. The thing I love about um, the main setups and everything is you can turn your normal like HD screen into an arcade cabinet that looks like a lifelike arcade cabinet with like the screens almost built into the thing, and it's got all the effects and everything. And that's really cool. But you've got to know what you're doing. Um, and most people, I would argue, can't just load up this game via main because they don't know what they're doing i did it for a long time um, and i still have to look at guides to do it so the fact you could just buy it on steam a game like this is brilliant and more of this to come we uh, you know i want to see everything i can get on main let me have that option for those who really want to go in depth with it but i'm happy to pay three four five six quid for a game that i loved as a kid um that i could just access on my steam deck on on, on steam on the TV, the computer, whatever, whatever it is that I want to play it, and just have access to it. Um, and if it's all done that I can just like pop it on, that's great. Um, options for everyone is really, really good. It is, yeah. No, I completely agree. And you know, there's the preservation side, and there's also if you don't <clears throat> if you don't reissue these games and get seeing that um, that kind of capitalist engine going and and people paying the money for them then you don't see sequels. And I mean, who's to say there's not going to be like a, you know, fire shark returns in about a year's time because they found that there's a, you know, people have been buying, buying this up. So yeah, if you know, it's, it's good. It's good in every way, really. So yeah. Or a, or a, or a 1942, 2024. Indeed. That'd be confusing. It'd be very confusing. Yeah. Oh my God. You could do night. Jesus Christ. We're going to come up to a stage show in not too long where you can do the 100-year anniversary of 1942. Obviously, I know the game wasn't made in 1942, but you could easily remarket that, repackage it all, and do a 100-year anniversary video game. <laughs> you could. That's a scary thought. I don't like it. It is. <laughs> um, and Only Falls and Horses is closer to the World War II than it is now. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's life for you. Um, just a bit of your own mortality, but yeah, I like it. I might dig out 1942 later. I know that's not the idea of a review of a game that's just come out on Steam, but yeah, I might load up, get the arcade stick out, and load up some 1942. Good, good. It's a great game. Mm. So moving on from retro gubbins, who cares about old games? Hey, eh? no one cares about those. <laughs> when I can play, play, and I can tell you about. A game that's set in deep space, uh, where you're kind of alone on this, let's say, what's the word for mechanical, not mechanical, industrial style spaceship. Um, you're all alone on that spaceship, um, and the spaceship is a little bit dead, um, and you've got all like a bit of horror going on around you. Um, sounds a bit like a game, like not... Fort Solace, not Dead Space, obviously. I'll be playing Fort Solace, <laughs> um, which is interesting, is how I'm going to put it. Um, it's, I don't know, it's plodding. Um, so essentially, 
you play a lone character that has to go and investigate something that's going on in a space base. And it's very industrial looking. Like, you can tell the influence of like a dead space or an alien or something like that. They've gone for that retro modern style thing that you had. Um, and you're going on. Essentially, it's a bit of a walking, like Dear Esther style walking simulator type thing. Um, with a bit more interaction um, and a story that's going on. And it's got... Um, Ah, oh, what's his name? Who's in all the games? I forget his name now. Um, Troy Baker is in it. So oh, yeah. I don't care. Um, that always put me off. Um, Troy Baker being in it. Yeah. Um, but, yes, oh, God, it's Troy Baker. He's a bit of a dick at times, um, allegedly. Um, don't sue me. I haven't got any money. Um, but, yeah, it's you kind of go through and stuff happens around you. And what eventually... Because it tries to do suspense by having absolutely bugger all happen for what feels like an age. Um, and by the time stuff does happen, I'm not like at the height of suspense. I'm bored. Um, I'm, you know, I've got to a point where I'm walking around this derelict space, space station type area. And I'm going, I might go and look for trouble. Because trouble's not looking for me yet. <laughs> and I want the stuff to happen. Um, now, caveat that. We know me, Stu. I don't do horror. Uh, because I don't get scared. Uh, so other people might get scared. But I thought I could do atmosphere and suspense. That does get me. It doesn't scare me. But it draws me in. Um, and this just didn't do it for me. Um it's like it's dark in areas, really, really dark, and it feels like it's using the darkness to try and build suspense. Doesn't work. It's just dark, um, and it does things where it goes, "Oh, something might happen now," and then you go, "Oh, will it?" And then no, it doesn't. Um, and then it tries to. At some point, it goes, "Oh, oh, we're building. Something's happened now." And you're like, oh, "Was that it?" Oh, okay. Troy Baker, stop talking. Please stop talking, Troy. <laughs> you know, I, I can't imagine. You, you just don't get it, Stu. Just how annoying it is to have someone just going on and on and on and on with no point to make whatsoever. <laughs> like, you just do not understand what that's like, Stu. Okay? I've, yeah. Right? i had a very lucky existence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is very cin cinematic and it looks lovely in places. But And I've seen plenty of praise for it. But it's just plodding um and what gets me as well this is this is one thing that really gets me i played um i've told you about this one of my favorite games it's a fmv game called contradiction spot the liar um and what's brilliant about that is the people in that act you know they are acting you know proper hamming it up acting and they play into it and you enjoy it because they're playing into it the characters here in what is meant to be like a very grounded, serious type thing, they're acting, and you can tell they're acting, and it's just kind of, oh, maybe put it down a notch. It's not understated enough, and you try and go, you you you've taken your cues from like Quentin Tarantino style of we're going to talk about stuff that doesn't actually have anything to do with the plot to try and make it feel more natural and it just doesn't work. There's too much... The reason they have to do that is there's just too much nothingness going on. So they need to have that communication 
to make it feel like you're doing something. And I just didn't, yeah, I just, it's meant to be isolated, uh, which is great. Isolation's a brilliant thing. But when there's so much chatter going on, and it's all over hammy, in my opinion, that isolation's gone. I'm not, I don't feel isolated. Um, and it's very well put together. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's clearly been made with a lot of love and, you know, they've gone through it when it's ready, it's ready. And, you know, there's no bugs or anything like that, which I think is great to see. And, but it's just, yeah, it just doesn't work. If you want to play a game like this, honestly, go play Alien Isolation. Go play Dead Space. Go play Dear Esther or, or What Remains of Edith Finch. Anything like that. I just, ugh, I just found it plodding and dull. Um, and, yeah, just, yeah, I don't know what else to say, really. It's just didn't hit it for me but i think i'm in a minority with it yeah how weird yeah strange that. yeah yeah i might watch some twitch stuff and just see what uh what i think of it but it's 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 uh yeah it's a funny one if it doesn't grab you if it doesn't make you scared it's absolutely pointless it's it's like they always say about you know films is that the, the two types of films that can completely fall on their ass uh are um you know if they just lose one little thing are horror films and comedy because there's, if you're not afraid, it's completely pointless. And if you don't laugh at comedy, it's completely pointless. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, the Mark Kerbogel, you you've got to laugh at least three times for it to be considered a funny film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, again, this tries to do that thing where they try and add humour as well, not in that over-the-top, you know, like, when you're watching, like, you could be watching... Again, I don't know why I'm going for a second only Fools and Horses reference here. Um, but, you know, and spoilers, I suppose, if anyone didn't watch Only Fools and Horses in the 80s. I think, um, I think we've passed the but, spoiler boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all but, right. Do you know when, like, they're in the lift and Rodney's talking about having lost his baby and stuff like that, like, like they've had the miscarriage, and it gets, like, they've had all the comedy before it, and they have this really serious moment and stuff like that, and then it goes back to the comedy. But that serious moment hits perfectly because it's just so against the the emotion like the comedy that usually goes it just hits you or you might be watching what's like a really serious like melo like drama but they have their moments of comedy in there because naturally funny things happen in life and they get that balance just right none of that's there in this it's just it feels like when they go for something comedic in there like a comedic bit of dialogue it's like right now's time for the comedy to show that we've got a bit of like and it's like, no, it feels false. And everything about it feels false. Um, they don't let it breathe. Um, so, yeah, I think if they want a box art quote, false honest in space, nothing breathes. <laughs> I don't know. Quite like that. Yeah, okay, I'll stay yeah. clear of that one. Fair play. Uh, so, yeah. Sorry, Troy. <laughs> yeah, Troy. Sorry, man. Um, so, I've got one more left. So I'm going to pass to you again. Um, I'd let you speak. Oh, thank you. That was, that was very generous. No, 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 that's cool. Um, I, yeah, I've been playing one that came out today, uh, in fact, as we speak, the 1st of September, um, called End of Nights, and yeah, managed to fit it in because it dirt cheap, so I got it straight away, you know, like two quid, and it's like a few couple hundred meg so easy to download so it's like oh yeah 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 i'll beat that really fast and um so i've played about 20 minutes of it but it's worth talking about because it's really good and it's a kind of top-down roguelike so it's like what the hell are you doing playing this but 
It's kind of like an old-fashioned hack and slash game with roguelike kind of bits bolted on, but never without losing sight of the hack and slash. And what it is, there's a little bit of tower defense. So you kind of you you stand in there, and these waves of enemies, these hordes, are coming at you, like skeletons and the undead. And you're this you know, righteous knight fighting them off with a sword and a bow and arrow and some magic. Um, which is uh, you know kind of reminiscent in the way that it looks of you know stuff like vampire survivors, but um, it's much more kind of you've got like two weapons basically, about well, three with the magic, so it's not kind of like um, auto weapon. It's very much you know fighting fighting kind of hack and slash game, and um, yeah, you've got to survive these waves. And if they get past you, if like, some of the enemies get past you, they break down like the defenses of your castle and the further they get you know obviously the the quicker you're gonna die because <laughs> they're gonna take it out um the longer you survive and meet little challenges the more skills you pick up and you have a magic bar obviously and all the standard stuff and you pick up different weapons in the environment and things like that uh and it's great it's really good so far it's really kinetic the graphics are, you know, retro throwback, but look really nice. Works well on the deck. There's a little bit of an issue with um, the screen going off to the left, cutting off a few pixels. Um, so it's like shifted left a little bit, and uh, there's no video options. So I'll have to look at forcing, forcing that in the in the settings. But anyway, that's by the two quid. You could kind of you can, yeah. yeah, and they've not said that it's you know, compatible, so it's not on them. Um, so yeah, it, it's a really nice little little thing, a little roguelikey arcade experience so far. I'm really impressed. Yeah, looking at it now, um, it looks it, it very much looks like a Vampire Survivors alike VS a VS game. I what, are we, what are they being called? They call VS games. No idea, <laughs> no idea. But anyway, it's definitely got that look. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it's. Um, the fact that it feels that like you're saying it's more hands-on than a game like that actually oh, yeah. piques my interest somewhat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah. there's only so many games I can play where I wander around letting the game play itself. And I've just got to avoid stuff. And don't get me wrong, they're fun. I love them. But yeah, when something tries to do something a bit different, then I'm all for that. And yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's got a gauntlet vibe to it a little bit, but... It, the inverse. So instead of you running around a maze and encountering enemies, you, you're basically not static, but you know you're in roughly one place while enemies come at you. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's got a, a mid eighties vibe to it, um, very deliberately. Uh, but there's plenty of action. It's plenty of engagement. So yeah, yeah, interesting one. Very very interesting. It's not even a cup of coffee game. It's that horrible coffee you get from like the the club up. When you kind of watch your daughter or son play football or something, and it costs a quid. Yeah, um, it's more towards that. Or uh, um, like fact, when you go to somewhere I'll, that has subsidised, so it's good quality, but you don't pay as much. Like subsidised yeah. coffee game. Yeah, I'm gonna go for it. it's two shit coffees out of ten, but that's a good thing. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna add that to the wish list. I might pick that up at some point. I've got so much I'm still playing at the moment, and I'm knee deep in. But I. Not even going to wait for a sale. It's on sale at the moment, by the way, which is a launch sale. Uh, more games should do that. I love it how the Indies will do that, by the way, quite often. Launch sale. Uh, so you can get it for £2.11 instead of £2.49. Uh, wow. But I will... I don't care. When I've got free time, whatever price it is, when I pick it up, I'll pick that up. I've just added it to the wish list now. Great. Good stuff. Uh, so, in a similar sort of vein... 
Uh, I've been playing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, well, I, I attempted to play Texas Chainsaw Massacre initially. Um, I'd like to give up and play it on the computer rather than on the Steam Deck because it just doesn't work on the Steam Deck, despite the beta was working on the Steam Deck. This current version doesn't connect because of some credentials. I'm pretty sure it's something to do with easy anti-cheat. It's always something to do with easy anti-cheat oh, and yeah. stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's one of those, it's an asymmetric uh, survival game um, where basically you take on the role of either one of the, the family or a survivor, one of the victims, um, from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original 1974 film, um, which was brilliant at the time, um, and was very, very famous for everyone thinking it was a really, 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 really gruesome film with lots of blood and gore, when in actual fact, what do we know about the film, Stu? There's very little gore, it's mostly psychological. Indeed. Um... God, I wish Fort Solis was psychological at times rather than actually trying to explain. Anyway, um, but yeah, basically, if you played like Dead by Daylight and things like that, it's of that that ilk. Um, so you're a survivor, you've got to survive. If you are the family, you've got to kill. And essentially, that's what it is, but set in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre world. Um, and I really like it. Um, I played a bit of Dead by Daylight as well to sort of like compare and contrast. Um, and Dead by Daylight is brilliant, but it's grown to something so big that I don't know where I am with it. You know, do I need to get the uh, like the uh, Freddy Krueger pack or the or the uh, the thingy face ones? Or was it Ghostface Scream version of it or the Stranger Things part of it or what? I just do so much. To it, I'm like, oh, whereas this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, man. And it's, I know Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, it was one of the proper original, oh my God, I got hold of a copy of this and I'm too young to watch it. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's one of those. Probably explains why I don't really get scared by horror films now. I think I was like five or six, maybe, when I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, anyway. Um, and yeah, because it's that, it works. Um, and, you know, you if you remember, I'll say remember, it wasn't that long ago, like Resident Evil 7 borrowed heavily from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, so, you know, I, I found that was a really interesting game in the, in the Resi series. Um, but this is like, it's actual Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, it is online only. I really, really, really enjoyed it when I get a chance to play it. The gutting thing is, is that just it isn't, it isn't on Steam Deck properly yet. It's got full controller support, so I've got that keyboard and mouse, but it's just not working on Steam Deck, and that is gutted, and I hope they get that sorted soon, because everything about it is just so enjoyable. Uh, it's cross-play as well. That, that needs added to it, so there's uh, quite a large community with it. Really good load times as well. Um, now, I played... Dead by Daylight, and that was meandering to get into a game. It felt really slow to get into a game. Um, and this is just very, like, snappy, snappy, snappy. Let's get you in. Um, and, yeah. It's got loads of little bits about it that I like. So, even as a killer, you do get some benefits, but it's not, like, making you completely supernatural. 
So you still got to really think about what you do. So you're not getting like loads of outlines of people and stuff like that, and basically telling you where everyone is. Um, but yeah, just just really enjoy it. And it's graphically, it's got um, it's almost grimy. And I don't think it's grimy by choice. I don't think they've gone for, oh, we're going to go for this like old grimy look. But it's got almost like a, a 360 PS3 era quality to it in terms of the graphics. But because it's a game set on a film that was based in 1974, and when you watch the original film, that's grimy looking. It works. It, yeah. Because it looks old, it looks grimy because of it, and muddy in places. It has that nostalgic feel to it, and it works. Whereas I think it wouldn't work if they tried to give this this nice HD aesthetic to it. Um, and I think that's why one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to playing it on the Steam Deck because it's a lower resolution screen. So again, it should add to that muddiness in a good way. Uh, but yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Big fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Like all the sequels are shite. Not gonna pussyfoot around that. They are all shite. But the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is beautiful. It's brilliant. Uh, it's macabre, and this takes that in every way, shape, or form, and runs with it, and just makes for an excellent experience if you're into your into your old slasher films and things like that. Yeah, it's a funny one, um, in a good way. But it's weird that it's done by Sumo, Sumo Digital. Yeah, yeah. That's really That's bizarre. probably why it plays well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, such a good studio. And it's also kind of bizarre that it's kind of, you know, eating the lunch of Dead by Daylight, like you say, because that's massive, that game. Like, it seems really, really massive. And, uh, yeah, this seems to do some clever stuff with that async kind of uh, Yeah, my stuff. main... My main issue before it came out was, well, you got Dead by Daylight. There was another one. I think Friday the 13th came out around the same time as Dead by Daylight. Yeah. And it was like, oh, there's definitely no room for two of these. And it was like, well, why, 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 why are we now trying to bring another one out? Um, and actually, no, it's different in a, such a good way, a really, really good and interesting way. Um, what I do like as well, it does say on some of the... Um, on some of the, uh, I think it says, like, based on a true story still. And I love nice. that. Nice. Uh, based on true events, I think it says. Uh, but what this does as well, so what I did point out, even though it's asynchronous, it's only being 1v4, which a lot of these are, it's 3v4. I'm sorry. Yeah. So even if you're on your own, you're not on your own, because as a villain or as well the family, you've still got other people with you. And I think that adds something different to it. To it. Yeah. That's what separates it from Dead by Daylight and other games like that. Um, and But yeah, I, I, I prefer this. What I've played of Dead by Daylight, what I've played of this, it's brilliant. And you can obviously play as Leatherface. Uh, yeah. But who doesn't want to play as Leatherface? Bit too much gore on screen, though. I will say that. That would have been a nice nod to like cut away from the gory moments. Yeah, yeah, no, it would have been clever, but uh, yeah, but I get yeah. why they can't because it probably it not wouldn't work in a game setting. But that would have been a nice thing that you could have done. But that's me being probably a bit finickety with it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nice, yeah. God, there's been so many good games lately, and there's so many coming up as well. But um, mm. yeah, I mean, next week is. Uh, Starfield and 
this month I've been playing Armoured Core, which I talked about a bit last week, but we'll go into it in more detail when I put more time into it and uh, had certain conversations and stuff. But uh, yeah, all sorts of good stuff coming out right now. It's, it's crazy. And I'm still, my most look, my most anticipated is Super Mario Wonder, but um, there's still, there's a lot of stuff. I, there's Bomb Rush, Cyberfunk, which I've not been able to buy because I've just been spending... <laughs> I've got that. Oh, you cheeky monkey. And oh. I've not played it yet. Oh, no. Oh, I have. I've played like the first bit that's like, hey, do you remember um, Jet Set Radio? I'm like, yeah, I remember Jet Set Radio. Well, this bit's Jet Set Radio. I've played that bit. Oh. Um, and I've not gone past it yet. So jealous. I've got to get to it. But I've been playing so much other stuff that I haven't had the time. I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. But yeah, no, you're right. There's so much stuff at the moment. It's, it's, it's madness. It's great. Indeed. Now, have we got time for a quick Q&A? One or two questions? or? Well, let's try one, shall we? Let's, let's, let's give it one. a go. Yeah. And it's, it's a really dumb one, but a dumb but fun. If you could eat only one meal for the rest of your life, what would that meal be? Noodles. Right. Fried noodles. Oh, yeah, fried noodles. Particularly from Steve's the Chippy in Liverpool, in Egberth. Oh, um, they are the divine. They are just really, really good. So, just like because I can't just say noodles. Obviously, you know, you know me, Stu. You know me. Right, <laughs> it could be a one-word answer, but when you can use one word, I can use a hundred and one. We know that, right? But basically, with your noodles, you get your different thicknesses of noodles, um, yep. and each of those thicknesses also has a number attached to it. So, the smaller the number, the smaller the noodles. And the ones you get at Steve's are number two fried noodles. Um, so they're like they're like really, really thin noodles, but not rice thin. They're number one noodles. These are number two noodles. Yeah. Um, and so, like, but the way they do them there, they, 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 they fry, they, obviously, they, they, they cook them, they fry them up, a bit of soy sauce or whatever in there. And they just are oh, the taste. They're not quite crispy, but they're not soggy and stodgy. Um, they're just like, oh, they're perfect. Now, we get those same noodles, but we buy them here and we cook them here. Not as nice as what you get at Steve's. So I eat them at home quite a lot, and it's my go-to ADHD meal. But if someone says to me, you can only eat one meal or one thing for the rest of your life, noodles, fried noodles from Steve's to Chippy and Egberth in Liverpool. Nice. Yeah, good stuff. I think... Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think mine would be... Uh, it would be fried chicken, definitely, because that's like my absolute favourite of, of all things. Um, running a very close kind of race with bread, uh, which sounds bizarre, but I'm obsessed with bread. It's just like a... Freshly baked warm bread? Ideally. Oh. Ideally. Yeah. And especially if we're talking about like, oh, there's no health concerns. You won't die from eating this for every meal because <laughs> otherwise I'd be dead within days. But yeah, no, definitely that <laughs> piled with butter. I'd have dressed salad uh, and I'd have... Um, Mexican red rice as well, which is fantastic. So that would that would be my my go to every single meal. I would I would have that. Yeah, you're definitely more varied than I am. Yeah, but I like I um, love noodles as well, especially chow mein. See, you know, our chow mein noodles there at least the number three, maybe even the number four noodle. Yeah. Meal, a bit too thick. Yeah, fair enough. A bit too thick. Um, don't ask me why I've become a noodle expert all of a sudden. <laughs> um, I just I, I I love noodles. Now that's an ADHD thing. As soon as I have a bad noodle, that's it, I'm done. Never touch them again. Um, I won't have bread and butter pudding anymore. Um, so I, I love bread and butter pudding. Right, I was doing it. And then I got one um, in out of Aldi. And I used to love getting the one out of Aldi because it's cheap. It's like one ninety nine, but you get a decent amount in it. Um, and I would go, bang, 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 love it. I'll have that at least once a week or twice a week or whatever. 
brilliant. And then I got one, and obviously it was a bad batch, and like it was all like curdled inside oh. instead of like how it should be. I said, I will never eat that again. I'm done. Done. Completely. Yeah. Never again. Uh, yeah. Because that's ADHD and food. So as soon as I have bad noodles, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Let's pray you never get a bad noodle, mate. Indeed. That could be, there you go. Let's pray. Pray we never get a bad noodle. That's the title of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So there you go. I think, um, yeah, that's all we have time for on those, I think, unfortunately. Because we've blabbered on yeah. about unimportant stuff like games. Yes. And that's, probably, that's a deep way to finish it. Yeah. Pray for a good noodle. Yes. Yeah. Very existential. Yeah. Now, I'm reading between the lines, though, Stu, and I get what you're saying now. So I think I know what you're really praying so, for. It's time for me to shut up now. <laughs> if I thought that would work, I'd become a Christian and I would uh, pray for it every day, Bradley. But, yeah. <laughs> But sadly, you know, as we know, God is dead. So <laughs> there's no point. Oh, there you go. Offending half, at least, of the audience. But on that... God can't be dead because there is no God. Well, there you go. Never was. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, with fan base reduced significantly. So now we've only got two listeners instead of four. So hopefully you four listeners will check out all of our content on the internet, on the socials. Join us on Discord if you fancy chatting. And until next time, stay safe and stay sane.